Well, once again, we welcome you and we are glad that you are here in the house of the Lord. Five-year-old Sam and his family went to church every Sunday. Well, on this particular Sunday, Sam had a sore throat and he wasn't feeling well. So his parents decided that they were going to ask the babysitter to come over and stay with him. Well, when the family came back home, he saw that they had a bunch of palm branches with him. And so he asked, why do you have palm branches? Where did you go? His father says, well, we went to church and today is Palm Sunday. And he says, but I don't understand why you would have palm branches. He said, well, you see, on Palm Sunday, that's when Jesus showed up. And so Sam stood there amazed and he said, you know, The one Sunday I decide not to go, Jesus shows up. (laughs) Well, today is Palm Sunday, and it is the beginning of the week that we call the Holy Week or the Passion Week that leads up to Jesus' crucifixion on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. And so we are grateful to be able to celebrate this wonderful day. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 21, the gospel of Matthew chapter 21. And we'll be reading verses 1 to 11. Matthew chapter 21, starting from verse 1. And if you are able to, would you please stand as we read God's word. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, placed their cloaks on them, and Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, and we pray that indeed you would speak to us this morning. May you open up our hearts and our minds to hear from you, and may you help us to be obedient as we respond. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Feel free to be seated. As Jesus was preparing to enter into Jerusalem, he asks two of his disciples to carry out a specific task. He asks them to go into the other village, the village over there, and to go and bring for him the donkey and the colt that's tied there. He gives them some very specific instructions. Now, understand who these disciples were. These disciples were men who Jesus chose to come alongside him and to help carry out some very important tasks. Through Jesus' ministry, he did some 
awesome, amazing things. And the disciples witnessed this from healing sicknesses and diseases to calming storms to multiplying food to doing amazing, amazing things. And so these disciples who were part of this, uh, part of Jesus' miracles, they had very important tasks as well. And so now all of a sudden Jesus comes and he says to these two disciples, go and get these um, animals and bring them to me. Now understand that there was no fame involved in them going and bringing these animals. There was no popularity to be gained. There was even no recognition. And so in the disciples' mind, it could have easily, they could have easily felt, why don't you ask somebody else? We're your disciples. We're supposed to stand right by you while you're doing your miracles. We're supposed to do the important things, not go and, and get your donkey for you. And you see, these disciples could have easily said that and said, let somebody else go and do that. Someone who's not as important. Someone who doesn't understand the things that we understand. Yet Jesus says, go and bring these to me. And they go. You see, what these disciples had to do was carry out some donkey business. That's what they had to do. And in the same way, there are times in our lives, and there are some times where we need to do donkey business. There are times where we just need to do some donkey business. And what that means are things that we don't necessarily want to do. Menial tasks, tasks that we feel are maybe insignificant and small. And that's point number one this morning. And so there are times where we may just need to do some donkey business, carry out tasks that we may not necessarily feel that we should be doing, but that we know just needs to get done. We may feel that, you know, that's not part of our job. That's not part of our responsibility. That's not something I should be doing. But guess what? There are times where we just need to do it because it needs to get done. Whether that's cleaning up a spill on the floor, whether that's unplugging a toilet or shoveling the snow or cutting grass or picking up or dropping off someone, there there are times where we just need to do some donkey business. And whether we're famous, whether we're not known by anyone, Jesus sometimes asks us to do certain things, and there are just certain things that we need to do. And so no matter who we are, may we be willing to carry out certain things we may feel may be insignificant, whether at school, at home, at work, at church, wherever it may be, even if there's no recognition involved, even if nobody will realize or appreciate, may we just do what needs to be done. And so these two disciples go and they bring back to Jesus what he asked them for. And in verse 4 and 5, it says, This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the fowl of a donkey. You see, in um, in the, the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, it says, Rejoice, O people of Zion, shout in triumph. O people of Jerusalem, look, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and victorious, yet is humble, riding on a donkey, riding on a donkey's colt. You see, Jesus comes to bring us peace. He comes to bring us peace. And that is what he was going into Jerusalem to do, to bring peace. 
Now, how do we get that out of this verse? Well, to understand the context and the culture, in the ancient Middle Eastern world, leaders rode horses if they rode to war, but donkeys if they came in peace. For a king to ride in to somewhere on a horse symbolized that this king was coming for war, that this king was coming for battle. But for him to come riding in on a donkey symbolized that he was coming in peace. And Jesus, who is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, decided that he was going to ride into Jerusalem on a donkey. He came in peace. And that is what he comes to bring each and every one of us. He comes to bring us peace. Also in 1 Kings verse, chapter 1, verse 33, it mentions Solomon riding a donkey on the day he was recognized as the new king of Israel, coming in peace. A symbol of his humility and the peace that he comes to bring. Jesus comes and he wants to bring peace in every area of our lives. He wants to come and to remind us, for he is the prince of peace. And he comes to give us that peace. John chapter 14 verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You see, the peace that we have in God is a different kind of peace than the peace we have in the world. When we have the peace of God, then no matter what comes our way, no matter what we go through, at the end of the day, we can say, it is well with my soul. At the end of the day, we can say no matter what sickness, no matter what death, no matter what problem, no matter what financial crisis comes, I have the peace of God and that's all that I need. When we have the peace of God, we have something that the world does not have. Jesus comes to bring us peace. Bring us peace in our families. Bring us peace in our marriages. Bring us peace with our children and our coworkers. Bring us peace in our financial situation. Bring us peace in our jobs. The question is, have you welcomed him in? And have you allowed him to give you that peace? As Jesus rode into Jerusalem, verse 8 tells us, A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. You see, the people of that day praised Jesus as he was entering in. Those who were able to spread their cloaks, they took off their outer coats and, and they put them on the road. They gave Jesus what I call in their day was their version of the red carpet treatment. They spread their cloaks and those who didn't have anything, they went nearby and they saw palm trees cutting down the palm leaves and laying them down and using them to hail him as he came in. You see, what the people did was they used what they had to worship Jesus. They used what was with them, what they had to worship him. And that's what he expects of us. And I challenge each and every one of you to use what you have to worship the Lord. To use what you have to worship Jesus. No matter what 
it is, no matter how much or how little, use what it is that you have. Sometimes we have this tendency to think we don't have anything to offer God, that we don't have very much to offer him. Jesus doesn't want us to go and, and to, to think that we don't have anything because we're not rich or, or wealthy or billionaires or whatever. He wants us to use whatever he has given us, the blessings that he has bestowed upon us to worship him with. So what is it that you can offer him? What is it that we can offer him? You see, he has blessed us in so many different areas. Are you using your finances to worship him? Are you giving to the Lord? Are you using your finances in different ways to bless him and his work? Are you using your home to be a blessing? Are you using your home to open it up, maybe perhaps for a Bible study, maybe perhaps for someone who needs some place to stay or, or something that needs to happen? Are you using your car to be a blessing, to give someone a ride to church? to give someone a ride to a doctor's appointment? Are you worshiping God through the use of your car that he's blessed you with? What about your job? Are you using that job in order to be uh, worshiping to God? Whether that's maybe talking to your coworkers about him or maybe someone that you know is in need of a job and you know of a job opportunity, helping them in that way. With your gifts and your talents, are you using them to serve the Lord? You know, there are so many many of you here and you are all gifted in so many ways and we have so many different areas of ministry that we want you to be part of that we want you to to be plugged into so if you are good with children we are looking for Sunday school teachers we're looking for nursery workers if you're good in the kitchen which I am not then you want to help serve on our kitchen committee and <laughs> if you are good uh, with uh, money then our counters there are so many different ways ways that you can get connected, that you can use the gifts and talents that God has blessed you with. Don't just let them sit there. Don't just put them on a shelf, but use it to worship the Lord. And maybe if you don't know how you can do that, then write us a note. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Nick. Talk to one of our other pastors, and we can get you involved and connected. The people used what they had to worship Jesus as he rode in. Are we using what we have to worship him? And one thing that comes to mind is that not only were they worshiping him with it, but they laid it down. And may that be symbolic of us taking all that we have and laying it down to the Lord and saying, Lord, use for your honor and for your glory. No matter what it is, may you use it. So the crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds responded, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. You see, when Jesus entered in, the crowds cried out, Hosanna. That's one of the things that they said. If you understand what that means, Hosanna literally means save now. It literally translates as save now. And so we don't know for sure what they meant by that, whether they saw Jesus as someone who was able to rescue them from the political situation of the day and they were looking to him as the king, the one who would save them from the situation that they were in. But even if that's what they were doing, in saying and saying Hosanna to him, 
Indirectly, they were asking him to save them. That's what they were asking. And Jesus has come to save us. That is what he has come to do. The whole purpose that Jesus came to earth from was not so that he would be famous, was not so that he could show his power in performing miracles, is not that he could heal as many people as possible, but what he truly came to do was to save you and to save me. That was his mission. He comes to save us. And so for the people to cry out, Hosanna, they were asking for a savior. They were asking for someone to save them, and that is exactly what he did. Jesus came not only to save them from the situation of the day that surrounded them, but he came to save them from their sins. He came to save us from the consequences of our sins. He came to pray, pay a price as a sacrifice to atone us so that we could be forgiven, so that we could be in his family, so that we could be assured of the gift of heaven. Amen. He opened up the door to paradise through his death and through his resurrection. Jesus has come to save. Have you accepted him as your savior? Have you received him into your life? Are you acknowledging him as the Lord and savior of your lives? Because Jesus is the only way. The Bible tells us that salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind which we must be saved. We can only be saved by the name of Jesus. It is only in him. He tells us, I am the way the truth and the life that no man comes to the Father except through me. You see, in this world that we live in, people believe whatever it is that they want, whatever's convenient for them, whatever they feel good about. But the truth remains, and we have it, is that he tells us that he is the only way. And so in a world that tells us, do what you want, do whatever you feel is good, he stands firm and says, I am the only way to eternal life. Are you trusting in Jesus? Are you trusting in him? Because it's important. It's the most important decision that you and I could ever make in this life to accept Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 10 verses 9 to 10 says so simply, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's as simple as that. Where other people may think, oh, you have to work your way into heaven. It depends. If I'm a good person, then that's enough. If I do good things, then that's enough. When the Bible says that simply if you declare and if you believe, then you will be saved. If you truly declare and if you truly believe, then that is enough. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And as we are saved, it's a byproduct that we go and we do good things, that we go and we love one another, that we go and that we show the world by our fruit that we are his disciples. Tom Barrett writes, the crowd was clueless. They never got it right. They shouted praises. They wept. They looked for a warrior king riding a white stallion. They got a carpenter riding a donkey. They wanted hype. They got a healer. 
They wanted a prophet. They got one who fulfilled prophecy. They wanted a scepter, but they got a savior. They got nothing they asked for, but everything they needed. Only they never got it. They were clueless. Jesus was the only one there who really knew what was happening on that first Palm Sunday. You see, he has come to save us. And without him, there is no saving. Without Jesus, there is no hope. But he comes and he brings us hope. A donkey awakened with, on his mind, still savoring the afterglow of the day before. The most exciting day of his life where Jesus rode on him. Never before had he felt such a rush of pleasure and pride. He walked into town and found a group of people by the well. I'll show myself to them, he thought, but they didn't notice him. They went on drawing their water and paid him no mind. Throw your garments down, he said. Don't you know who I am? They looked at him in amazement, and someone slapped him across the tail and ordered him to move. Miserable heathens, he muttered to himself. I'll just go to the market where the good people are. Of course they'll remember me. But the same thing happened. No one paid the donkey any mind. There was no attention that was given to him. As he strutted down the main street of the front of the marketplace, the palm branches, he asked, where are the palm branches? Yesterday they threw palm branches. How come there are no palm branches today? Hurt and confused, the donkey returned home to his mother. He told her all that had happened and she said to him, my dear, don't you realize that without Jesus, you're an ordinary donkey? <laughs> you see, in this world, when we think that we are somebody, the truth is that without Jesus, we're just another person. But with him in Christ, in Christ we find our identity. In Christ we are sons and daughters of the one true living God. He has given us the right to be called sons and daughters. And it is in him that we find who we are. Are you accepting Jesus as your savior? For he has given you an inheritance that can never spoil, that can never fade, that can never perish. All we need to do is to accept it. Sometimes we may have to do what seems to be like donkey business. Jesus comes to bring us peace. Use what you have to worship the Lord with and remember that Jesus has come to save us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you indeed that you came on that first Palm Sunday, that you entered into Jerusalem to start the events that would eventually lead to your death, but then to your resurrection. We thank you, Father, for your power and for your authority over all things. And like the crowd, we cry out, Hosanna, for we need you. And we pray that, God, you would continue to be with us, continue to help us, continue to remind us of who you are, and continue to make us into the people that you desire us to be. We thank you, O oh God, for this season of Easter. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Congregation, would you stand? And as we sing this closing song, maybe today some of you might need to come to the altars, a place where we meet with God.
and pray about any of these things that we've spoken of. Maybe you need to come and say, Lord, I need you. I need you to bring me peace. Lord, I need you to help me to use what I have to worship you. Or simply, Lord, I need to accept you. I need to experience what it means to be saved. You feel free to come and pray as you wish. of glory coming on the clouds with fire the whole earth shakes the whole earth shakes Whoa. I see his love and mercy Washing over all our sin, the people sing, the people sing. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Dr. Lisa shared with us so beautifully how Jesus came to save us, to save you and me, to save us from the consequences of our sins, which is death and hell. Today, there are some people here that need, need to repent of your sins, to ask God Almighty to forgive you of your sins, and to say, God, I believe Jesus died to pay the price for my sins. And from this day onward, I'm going to be devoted to you. I am going to be your son, your daughter, living my life for you. I want to encourage you to make that decision, make that choice. Be ready. Be ready to meet the Lord at any time. Don't keep putting off a decision to commit your life to Jesus. Don't put it off. As a pastor who holds so many funerals, I'm repeatedly reminded that whether you're younger or older, you have to be. We have to be ready for heaven. 
Are you ready for heaven? Are you ready for heaven? Today is the day of salvation, says the word of the Lord. Today. And so as we continue to sing now, if you haven't as yet made your decision to give your heart, your life to Jesus, you come. Step out from where you are. Stand or kneel at the altar. Join others who have come before the Lord today. Come. Come and say, Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my life. And by the way, there are others of you, there are others of you that also need to pray. Come and pray and say, Lord, I'm going to start to do the donkey business I need to do. Amen? I'm, I'm going to start to do donkey business. I'm going to do what needs to be done in, instead, of, instead of passing things on to everyone else. All right? I'm going to start to do the donkey business, which Pastor Lisa spoke of. S let's sing. Others of you, come. Come as you wish. Come. Let's sing. in closing prayer. Oh, we thank you, Father. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the new soul today. We are rejoicing. Oh, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we million thank you. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
the lord make you his face shine on upon you the lord keep you under his wing cover you with the blood of jesus give us victory this week i bless every one of you and god richly bless you praise the lord oh my soul praise his holy name praise his holy name praise the lord oh my soul and do not forget all his benefits may the grace of the lord jesus christ and the love of the father and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all amen thank you very much god bless you